Listen now for the word of the, of the Lord. Our second lesson today comes from the Gospel according to John. I'm reading chapter 14, the first few verses, and then 15 through 21. Words of Jesus. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them, and I will re reveal myself to them. This is the word of the Lord. The reading of these words uh, from John get me thinking this morning, not really about Sunday morning gatherings in this place, but funerals and memorial services. In fact, in all my years of pastoral ministry, 30, more than 30 years, I've preached on this passage on a Sunday morning only one time. And it was in conjunction with another passage. Jesus says, believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. I will not leave you orphaned. We tend to long for those words the most. We tend to open our hearts to those words the most when we gather together in our grief, when we bury our loved ones, when we need some sincere encouragement and some hope for our lives. So that's when we often read those words. But I also think they're especially good words for today for Mother's Day, and for this season in our life and in our culture. Believe in God. Believe also in me. I will not leave you orphaned. Perhaps your mother died not too long ago, and this is your first Mother's Day without her. Or perhaps your mother died long ago. Or maybe the relationship died long ago. And you've been dealing with that loss for most of your life. Perhaps you wanted more than anything to be a mother. But you were never able to bear a child. Or it may be that your memories of childhood are filled with immediate immeasurable or unforgettable pain and you 
may have felt like an orphan your whole life, even though your parents are or were alive. Or maybe, maybe it's just the creeping sensation that we're drifting through life and we're battered by storms and circumstances and we really aren't sure who to trust and what to do. Maybe that's just how we feel today. I will not leave you orphaned, Jesus says. This is not a past tense word. It's for the present. It's a word for today. It's for any time we might feel discouraged or abandoned or disheartened. Were the disciples worried about being orphans? Where do these words really come from? What was going on with Jesus and the disciples to make these words so clear and so pertinent and so relevant to all of us, no matter where we find ourselves in the ages? Circumstances, what was going on? Clearly, Jesus' words were not sinking in with the disciples. Clearly, Jesus' words were not sticking. They were not translating very well with the disciples because he keeps making this same point in the Gospel of John. At the beginning of chapter 13, the previous chapter, it says, Jesus knew that his hour had not come to... Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father So he gathered his disciples around him for a meal. He told them he would be leaving them. And he said, where I'm going, you cannot come. But he gave them an example of how to live. He got up from the table and he got a towel and and he got a bowl and he washed their feet. And this is what he said. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. And then, still at the same table, same night, same meal, he said, one of you will betray me. And they got nervous. And one said, is it I? And another said, is it I? And another, is it I? And then Judas left the room. And Jesus said, again, I'm only with you for a little while But here, I give you a new commandment. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you should also love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. But the confusion, understandably, continued because even at the same meal, a little bit later, Peter asked him, where are you going? And why can I not follow you now? So, There's three chapters of this long conversation, three chapters with this discussion, with this uncertainty, with this confusion about where are you going and can we not follow? And Jesus' constant answer, he keeps answering. It's almost like that saying that I keep in my study. It says the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. It sits right above my desk, right? It's almost like the theologian who's spent his whole life studying the Christian gospel and tries to sum it up in one sentence. How do you sum it up in one sentence? Well, ask a theologian that question. It's almost like the final lecture of any professor. The final lecture at the end of a long career, what do you say in your final lecture? 
Or maybe it's like the commencement address, which are going on all around in these weeks at the end of the school year. Key words to send people off on graduation day. What do you say? Well, this message constant message from Jesus across 13 and 14 and 15, these chapters, this is Jesus' main thing. This is Jesus' summation of the gospel as simply as he can make it. This is Jesus' last lecture. This is Jesus' commencement address. So Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. I will not leave you orphaned. And this is what you do. Love one another. Keep my commandments. Love one another. It's not really like the disciples hadn't heard it yet. It's all through here. Did Jesus think the disciples had already forgotten it from the last time that he had just said it a few minutes before? Did disciples wonder why Jesus was repeating himself over and over? Well, they didn't ask him. They didn't ask him. Jesus just goes on with the same message, connecting the love commandment to the promise. I will ask the Father, he says, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. What did Jesus mean by this? Who or what is the advocate? The advocate language comes from the courtroom. The the advocate could also be translated counselor. It's a Greek word. It's advocate in some translation, counselor in other translation. The word comes from the language of the courtroom. An advocate would stand right next to you and speak on your behalf. An advocate would stand up with you and support you. Jesus goes on to call the advocate the spirit of truth. Or, a bit later, the Holy Spirit. So advocate and the Holy Spirit seem to be one and the same in this gospel. This advocate spirit will abide in them. And a couple of weeks ago we talked about this, make a home in them. This advocate will empower them to actually do what Jesus invited them to do. Love one another even as Jesus had loved them. The advocate will be there to help you, to support you, to encourage you, to empower you. More than that, through the presence of the Spirit, Jesus will be with them, that's the promise, even after he has gone away. So, no wonder we like listening to these words when we're grieving. No wonder we open this particular text at funerals and at times of loss. Jesus is always trying to assure us that we are never alone and we're never on our own. Believe in God. Believe also in me. I will not leave you orphaned no matter what happens to your life, your deepest loss, your biggest pain. Believe in God. Believe also in me. I will not leave you orphaned. That's the message. And it can be so hard to grasp. That's the message. But it's often so, so hard to believe. We often feel very alone. We often feel 
on our own. We often feel disheartened. We often feel discouraged by what happens to us, around us. We often lack in hope about how things are actually going to get better. How might the future be different from what we anticipate? Here's what commentator Dale Bruner says about this passage. Into the slough of despond, slough of despond would be a muddy valley of degradation and hopelessness. Into the slough of despond that can be our life, Jesus throws a rope of hope. Isn't that great? Into the slough of despond, a rope of hope. The antidote, according to Bruner, to a troubled spirit, to a discouraged and beaten down heart, according to Jesus, for all the disciples, which would include us, is a freshly trusting relation with God and God's Son who knows how to calm the storms and who knows how to get to the port. With careful explication of this text, Bruner reminds us that we should take our eyes off of ourselves. That's kind of hard to do. Take our eyes off of ourselves because we're so accustomed to doing everything ourselves. Take our eyes off ourselves. We're so used to finding our way ourselves. Take our eyes off ourselves. We think we can do everything. But so much is beyond our control. So many people, so many circumstances let us down, affect us, devastate us. So much just happens to us. It does. But the promise holds. God is alive. God is well. God is at work always. God is trustworthy. God is present in Jesus. God is present in the advocate who is standing beside us in all moments, who never leaves us. We can only trust God. So Jesus pleads with us, please do it. Trust God and trust in me. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe. Lean into God. That's the invitation. The answer to a troubled heart and a disheartened spirit, according to the passage, is a freshly trusting relation with God and God's Son who knows how to calm the storms and get us back to port. This, my friends, this freshly trusting relations with God is something we have to practice. It doesn't come automatically. We have to practice it. We have to work at it because the disheartening forces, the challenges that can come our way can be really difficult. So much can happen that, ha so much can happen that makes us doubt so much happens that gets us discouraged. So much happens that we can feel overwhelmed. 
We got to practice this believing, trusting. Gregory Boyle, in his latest book about the important ministry with gangs in the projects in Los Angeles, says that following his talks all around the country, he almost always gets this question, has he ever come close to losing his faith? Boyle works with young people, drug-related, gang-related, every day, all day, he's done as his whole life, his whole ministry. So people ask him, haven't you lost your faith? Because he's buried 220 kids 220 kids all killed because of gun violence, gang violence. Kids he's loved, he says, and kids killed by kids he loved. He says he's never shaken his fist at God. He doesn't see God as an accomplice in these things. What did God have to do with it, he asked. Talks about the correspondence that... uh, Jacqueline Kennedy had with a priest in Ireland. Jackie Kennedy wrote to the priest in Ireland saying that she felt so bitter in her faith. She so angry at God. How could God let this happen, she asked. But God wasn't in the Texas school book depository, aiding and abetting that situation. So Boyle reminds us, and Boyle applies this to his own work. God was and is in the heartbreak and in the insights born of sadness. And God is in the arms that wrap around our grief. I have felt this every time a kid is gunned down, he says, or when facing impossible situations, or when you're given a cancer diagnosis, which Paul has also received. Such things don't shake your faith. They shape your faith. That's what he says. Some things, Boyle continues, are random. And other things are meant to be in our control. So God is with me when bad things happen. And God is rooting for me when I need to decide things. And I'm okay with this. I do not need God to be in charge of my life. I only need God to be at the center of my life. That's profound. At the center of our lives. That's what Jesus is asking. Believe in God. Believe also in me. I will not leave you orphaned. Because I live, you live. Go in love. The love commandment. Like most things that Jesus says, it fills us with consolation. It covers us with grace. It gives us comfort. It wants to hold us right where we are. And yet it also lays out a path for how we're to live. And we have work to do. We have to keep practicing it and remembering it and practicing it. Believe in God. You're not orphaned. And love. So we keep remembering maybe by memorizing Scripture. How about memorizing a little bit of that first lesson? Psalm 121, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord will keep your life. 
the Lord will watch over your coming out and your going in from this time forth and forevermore. See, this is the truth of the gospel. Believe in God, believe also in me, I will not leave you orphaned. So we keep remembering this by memorizing scripture maybe. We keep remembering it by singing hymns of faith like we did this morning. We sing the mighty power of God and the next hymn in the bulb there is a flower and we keep gathering in community and we keep striving to encourage one another when we get down saying believe in God, believe also in me, you are not orphaned. We keep remembering. I keep remembering by reciting, we, we trust God. Because it's really easy to trust the crisis and the chaos around us and let it cover us. No, we trust God whose promises will prevail no matter what. This is a fact and this is what we strive to believe. It's our goal. We put our faith we lean into not just the news of the day or the worries of our lives or the diagnosis or the chaos. We believe in God who gives us an advocate who will never leave us, ever. And then when we remember, see, we're reminded how to live. We're to live with love. The advocate, the spirit, will empower us to live with love, promoting the reign of God in the world. We have to keep leaning into, working on, building the kind of world that God intends. It seems to say, I will not leave you orphaned. You don't leave anybody behind. Love, love. They'll know you're my disciples by your love. So the combination of the two, the promise... I'll not leave you orphaned. And the expectation, love, actually deepen our faith and shape us as disciples. One more brief story from Gregory Gregory Boyle from Homeboy Ministries. One of the tutors of Homeboy Ministries is a tiny Japanese-American woman named June who who was teaching literacy skills and helping the homies, these gang-recovering kids, fill out forms. One of the homies she was working with was named Philly. When the form asked for his height, he didn't know how to answer it because he's in a wheelchair, paralyzed for life because of gun violence. Sitting in his chair, he's about three feet tall. So June asked him to extend his arms out and she took a measuring tape and she measured from one fingertip to the other you're six feet tall she said matter of factly and Boyle says our true height in love our true faith in life it seems is measured by how expansively we can extend our arms Lots of things happen to us. Lots of things shape us. Losses, pains, uncertainty, chaos. But our calling, our way of living is in love as disciples. Remembering Jesus' main message. 
his commencement address, his final lecture. Believe in God. I will not leave you orphaned. Love. Love. Jesus comes to the world to make the world a more wholesome and hopeful place. And you know what? That changes everything about our lives. We are not orphaned. And Jesus calls us always to be a part of the healing and redeeming of the world. And that changes everything about our lives. May it be so. Amen. Let us pray. Fill us with your spirit, O God, in such a way, in such a way that we are both comforted and consoled and increasingly committed to compassion and care in the world. Following Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.